The following program is sponsored by Fairly Spiritual on KCIS. Hey, it's Dr. Doug Bursch, co-pastor of Evergreen Church in Auburn, Washington, and you're listening to The Fairly Spiritual Show. So why is Christianity doing so poorly in America? Is it the liberal agenda? Is it the liberal media? Is it the godforsaken schools? Is it Obama? Maybe it's us. Maybe it's Christians. Maybe Christians are ruining the witness of Christ in America. We're going to talk about this truth on today's Fairly Spiritual Show. Join me. I think it will be interesting. Thanks for joining me. This is the Fairly Spiritual Show. I'm Dr. Doug Bursch, and I'm so glad you could join me today on this Friday edition. So glad to be on the radio with you. Uh, so uh, this is a show that I could do every week, every show, every podcast, and I would probably become the most hated uh, person on Christian media, or I don't know, maybe the most beloved by some. Uh, but I, I don't think you could do enough shows uh, to talk about this. Uh, because this, to me, is one of the biggest problems in our world. And uh, there is so much stuff, so much conversation, so much talk in the other direction that we really couldn't have enough shows to counteract what's wrong in the world. But every once in a while, I just I just have to do at least one show to point out the obvious. And the obvious is this. The problem with Christianity in America is not the liberal agenda. It's not that we don't have prayer in the schools or we don't have the Ten Commandments in our courthouses. It's not the Democrats. It's not that we don't have the right laws. Uh, the problem with Christianity in America is the witness of Christians. Uh, in many sectors of Christianity, we have a terrible witness. And uh, people don't want to become Christians because we don't look attractive. Uh, our kids don't want to become Christians because our witness looks duplicitous. We don't have anything to offer them. They see us and they see us as hypocrites. They see us as duplicitous. They see us as confused and conflicted. People who really don't live uh, what we say we believe and who certainly don't follow what our scripture teaches. So I've already offended a lot of people. If you're listening right now and you're not offended, please keep listening because uh, I need you with me because the rest of the people are angry. Uh, here's the number to text me. Please wait before the end of the show to do this. But you can text me at 360-818-4513. 360-818-4513. I don't want to do a show where we just spend all our time talking about what's wrong with those people out there. I think that's the worst kind of radio, the worst kind of TV. In fact, I don't, I don't think we should support uh, ministries like that. Some ministries just unite around this. They'll do the whole show like this. This is what's wrong with those people. Those people are awful. Those people are awful. Join us, sign our petition, and we'll take down those people. And it's all about the problems of other people. But as Christians, Christ called us to deal with our own problems, to deal with the plank in our eye, in our eyes, before we try to remove the speck in other people's eyes. 
there's something in that self-righteous kind of thing where we spend all our time talking about other people, you know, join with us as we fight against them and we're the righteous ones and they're the wicked ones and we're the ones being persecuted and they're the ones who are persecuting us. There's something in that that's very dangerous and it's often motivated this way. It's very much uh, we have to protect ourselves because they're, you know, they're taking away our rights and they're taking away us, us, our rights, our systems, our beliefs. It's, it's very protective. It's certainly not evangelistic. Uh, Christian communication, if we're talking about the other, it should be, hey, the reason we're talking about others is we want to reach them. We love them. And even if there are enemies, the goal of talking about them is, man, the reason I'm talking about the things these people are doing, and even if they're doing wicked things, is we want to pray for these people. We want to find ways to bless them. And you say, oh, Doug, you know, that's that's just garbage. You know, they're, they're our enemies. we got to fight against them. I'll just tell you, that's not scriptural. Jesus said, pray for your enemies, do good to them, lend to them, and don't expect to be repaid. If your enemy strikes your cheek, uh, turn to them the other also. If your enemy forces you to go one mile, go with them another mile. So if you're listening to a political Christian show where they're talking about the other side and how wicked they are and how we need to fight against them, uh, that's not biblical. What would be biblical is they could say, you know, the other side is doing wicked things, but what we need to find out right now is how we can bless and serve and love these people into the kingdom of God. That's biblical. That other ta- attitude is just not biblical. It's, it's not biblical. People say, well, you know, Jesus turned over tables. You know, he said harsh things. Well, here's the thing. Jesus turned over tables, and then he died for every single person in the room. So you can be maybe harsh to people, and then you better lay down your life for those people as well. And you better genuinely love them as you're rebuking them. So, hey, I'm starting out right now probably offending half the world, but hey, you know, I don't know how long I'll be on the radio, so there you go. Uh, But here's the deal. Our witness, I'm going to just use the word, it stinks. It stinks in that it's not a pleasant aroma. It's not a pleasant aroma to God, and I don't think it's a pleasant aroma to the world or to the lost or even to our children or to the next generation. And so what you're going to see I think you'll even see this. We're going to see political Christian wins, but when it comes to actually the advancement of the kingdom, when it comes to people becoming Christians, when it comes to the next generation valuing Christianity or the church or the cross, you're going to see a continual decline because we do not have the witness of Christ. Not in our attitudes, not in our spirit. And I'll just bring an example for this. By the way, I did a radio show on another station for five years, 1,200 shows, It was a two-hour show. I interviewed all kinds of pastors. I interviewed politicians. I talked about political issues, social issues, news stories. I I got to see the whole reality of it. I got to interview people who are now um, on the spiritual cabinet for President Trump. I, I got to interview progressives and conservatives and people on all the spectrums. So I've seen a large picture of what Christianity looks like in our popular culture, in our political culture. And I don't care, regardless of what someone believes, in my opinion, if they're going to be a Christian witness in the world, they got to be Christ-like. And so I'll just give an example. Before the last election, there was a politician um, that I thought was just not Christ-like. He would say things like that he never asked for forgiveness. He would call people names. He was incredibly rude, very arrogant. In his past, there was all kinds of things that are just not Christ-like, not Christian-like, not a repentant heart, very rude and arrogant. 
And, and I, I wrote a piece about that person where I was like, I wouldn't let this person lead anything. I wouldn't let them lead something in my church. This is an unrepentant person. This is someone who's not Christ-like. This is someone who does not demonstrate any of the fruit of the Spirit, doesn't demonstrate any of the expressions that Christ told us to express. Uh, this is someone that I do not respect as a leader. And this is what uh, people responded to me uh, with. They said things like, well, he's not running for pastor. He's running for president. And I got that response a few times. You know, he's not running for pastor. He's running for president. And I thought that was such a great encapsulation of what's wrong with American Christianity, that we are that duplicitous, that we have separated our spiritual life from our actual living life, that we can say, you know, pastors are supposed to be righteous. Pastors are supposed to be Christ-like. But when it comes to the person who runs our country, they can be just flat-out sinning pagans. So when it comes to actually running the country, uh, we need someone who's not remotely Christ-like. So they would say that. Christians, Christians would say, we're not, we're not you know, voting for a pastor. We're voting for a president. Now, we know the scripture says that as Christians, all of us, were the priesthood of believers. That means anyone who has Christ is really a pastor or a minister. That anyone who has Christ is supposed to reflect these virtues, these values. It's not just supposed to be pastors who have the fruit of the Spirit. So anyone who says, you know, the Bible is my favorite book, or anyone who says, you know, I'm a Christian, the sign that they are a Christian is they're Christ-like. So if someone says they're a Christian, or that the Bible's their favorite book, then they must reflect the integrity of the book they proclaim to love. And if they don't, they are a hypocrite or a liar. It's not about, well, we want pastors to be moral, but the rest of the world to be immoral. But that's the kind of duplicity we live in, where we separate our faith from the rest of our life. Where we can go to church, and we can do churchy religious things, and we can sing religious songs, and we can hear religious sermons, and we can do religious activities, and then we can go into the quote-unquote real world, and live completely different lives, and follow people who are completely different. And I think about this duplicity. I think about kids being raised in these homes where they go on Sunday and they hear a pastor talk about love and grace and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. And then on Sunday night, they see their parents watching a news show where there's someone on there, a pundit, just calling people names and yelling and ranting and expressing a spirit that is exactly contradictory to what they just heard on Sunday morning. And we expect those kids to follow Christ. That's foolishness. Those kids aren't going to follow that. They're going to recognize that what was preached on Sunday has no bearing in the rest of life. We're going to talk more about this, but let's first take a break. All right. Well, I don't know how long this show is going to be on the air, only if people who enjoy it support it. So please go to fairlyspiritual.org and donate today. Your gift, your donation of $25, $50, $100 keeps the show on the air, fairlyspiritual.org. Also, you can um, you can text the show or call in. Uh, if you're upset with me, please wait till the end of the show. That'd be nice. 360-818-4513, 360-818-4513. You can also pick up my book, 
the community of God, a theology of the church from a reluctant pastor. I'd love it if you'd read that and get my heart about why the church is so important and why we need to be involved in it, even when it's really, really difficult. Okay. So on today's show, I'm talking about just what I think is the reality of the decline of the church in America. It's not about because we took prayer out of the schools or because we don't have the Ten Commandments in our courthouses. It's the witness of Christians that our attitudes are not Christ-like. And before the break, I just talked about this reality, which is happening all over America, that people are taking their kids to church where they learn about grace and love and kindness. They send their kids to Sunday school and they, and they sing these Sunday school songs about love and, and, and they learn these things about how Jesus is loving and he blesses the children and he lays down his life and they learn about how they're supposed to treat each other and, and turn the other cheek and all these, these biblical lessons. And then they go home and they watch as their parents are watching a, a news program where a news program after news program, where the leader of that news program is just name-calling and ridiculing and acting in a behavior that is not remotely Christ-like. And we wonder why, why our children are like, I don't want what you have. I don't want to follow what you have. It's amazing how much people will blame. They'll go, you know, my kids went off to college and you know, the college corrupted them or the schools corrupted them. But we have Christians who are raising their kids in mega churches where the kids have the most amazing children's programs. And the children's programs are like Disneyland. You know, they got slides and I mean, like a literal slide that takes them into their children's program and these elaborate things. And, and then we homeschool them to keep them out of the public schools. And we do all these things to try to just isolate them. But guess what? They still don't follow Christ when they're older. And I don't think it's just because the world. I think they see our Christianity. And, and even if we're doing okay, they see the rest of Christians and they see there's a lot of counterfeit Christianity. People who talk about a loving Jesus, but their politics aren't loving, their attitudes aren't loving, and they're certainly not reconciling in how they speak. I mean, we have politicians supposedly Christian politicians, politicians who are primarily put into office by other Christians. The majority of Christians vote for these politicians, and these politicians every day ridicule and call other people names on Twitter. Every day, just call people names. Like, I, I can't, and, and, and complete support, complete support. Christians, a majority of evangelical Christians saying, we support this man, who ridicules and belittles and calls people names on Twitter. Like a little kid, just little. I, 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 as a youngest kid, my mom would just, we don't, as a Christian, we don't do that. People are made in the image of God, and you love people. Other people might call names. Other people might bully. We don't bully people. We don't call people names. We love people. But now, no. I get, as long as someone has our political agenda in mind, we'll support them. We have news pundits that Christians support, just love, just rally around, put their bumper stickers on. When they come into town, they go, they go to their rallies and support them, who just every night 
belittle and call other people who are made in the image of God names and just lie and just say terrible things. And we're like, eh, that's okay, as long as they push my political agenda. I saw there's a college president, a president of this large college, who regularly calls people idiots on Twitter. Now, some people are saying, well, who is that? Name the person. I'm not going to name the person because you just know you're not supposed to call someone an idiot. So it doesn't matter who the person is. If you're calling people idiots on Twitter, you're wrong. And if you're the president of one of the largest colleges, Christian colleges in the U.S., and you're calling people idiots, there's something broken with our Christian witness. And if you're an incredibly popular politician, and you're continually calling people names, and the majority of evangelical Christians are supporting you, there's something wrong with our Christian witness. And if you're one of the most popular political pundits or newscasters in the evening, and you continually ridicule people, and a majority of evangelical Christians support you, there's something wrong with our Christian witness. And I don't have to give the names of these people. Those behaviors are wrong regardless of the people. That's the whole point. It doesn't matter who the person is. Wrong is wrong. It's like murder is wrong. You don't go, well, well, who murdered? Was it someone I liked or someone I didn't like? Well, who's the murderer you're talking about? It doesn't matter. Murder's wrong. Ridicule's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong to bully people. It's wrong to call people names. It's wrong to tear down people made in the image of God. It's wrong. And it's wrong for Christians to support, to prop up, to champion, to cheer. I mean, it's one thing to say, well, I support this person, but I'm greatly troubled by what they're doing. But that, that's not what I see. I see people just justifying and defending wrong behavior. I mean, you can say things like, well, you know, I'm greatly troubled. I think these things are wrong. I rebuke the things this person's doing wrong, but I'm still going to support them because I believe in their politics. You could say that, but I don't even see that. I don't see Christians going, yeah, I, I, I strongly disagree with this person's behavior, and I speak out against it whenever it happens, but I still feel like they're the only choice, and so I'm picking them. You don't see that. I just see justifications. We're just justifying sin. We're just justifying duplicity. And as a result, we have nothing to offer the world. I think about this because what I'm really talking about is love. Christians are supposed to be different because of our love. And, and the reason I'm hammering in on this is, is, is well, I, there's no real benefit to me on this. I'll tell you, I'm going to get people upset at me. I'm, I, I, when I did my radio show, uh, my talk show, daily talk show, some of the meanest emails I ever got were from political Christians whenever I challenged the attitude that political Christians had. Some of the meanest, the meanest emails I ever received. I mean, I could say something theologically incorrect. I could maybe add a fourth member to the Trinity. I could, I could just, and no one would write an email. I didn't do that. But if I, I could say some crazy theology. But if I said something like, you know what? Uh, some far-right Christians are really angry and they need to repent. And I would get this angry email just ripping into me. And here's the, here's the thing that I got. Let's say I was completely wrong. If I'm wrong, and let's say I was truly their enemy, the Bible's pretty clear on how you're supposed to treat me. You're supposed to love your enemies, do good to them, bless them, not curse them, bring them back to the kingdom of God. And I know that those emails that were sent to me were not loving. They were not for the purpose of bringing me to the truth. 
They were not for the purpose of kindness and goodness and gentleness. They weren't, if anyone has, you know, fallen away, make sure you restore them gently with, a, with kindness. They were trying to hurt me or I don't know what. We've lost our way. To be able to even call yourself a Christian and then to go after people, to tear people down, to, to get onto Facebook and just start going after someone and writing these long diatribes where we're angry at someone on Facebook and arguing with them or arguing with them on Twitter or going into the school district and yelling at teachers and yelling at school boards and being these most angry, upset people who don't show the love of Christ. Without love, we're nothing. The Apostle Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 13, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Get upset with him. He says, if we don't have love, we have nothing. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so even if I have all the right answers and I have all the faith to you know, implement those right answers, but I don't have love, I have nothing. He says, if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I'm nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. You gain nothing. There's nothing in this life you'll gain if you don't grow in love. If you're not growing in love, if, if I go to your kids, or your grandkids, or your spouse, and I say, is your dad growing in love? Is he kinder and more loving? Or is he more bitter and more angry and more grumpy? If you challenge his politics, is he loving or is he angry? Which is he? Are you afraid of him? He says here, you gain nothing. If you live a life that doesn't grow in love, you gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. It's patient and kind. Christians are patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. So Christian leaders, people who lead Christians, they don't envy or boast. So you know who Christians follow? People who are not boastful. It is not arrogant. You know who Christians follow? People who aren't arrogant. It is not rude. You know who Christians vote for? People who aren't arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. You can just see it, can't you, how upside down this world is. Christians voting for some of the most arrogant, irritable, rude people on the face of the planet. People say, well, the other side does that. Well, if the other side doesn't know Christ, they're supposed to do that. But if you know Christ, you're supposed to be different. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. That means no matter what the situation is, love loves. Love never ends. You can't say, well, these are different times, Doug. Nope. Love never fails. Love goes all the way to the cross. Love lays down its life. There's a reason that Christianity is not doing well in this world. We can look at everyone else. We can blame everyone else. But eventually we have to start with us. And I, I just wanted to do this show because I'm just hoping maybe one person will repent. Just one. I know others are with me and you understand and you agree and you're just like, yeah, you know, we all got to try. I got to look at my life and say, where am I not loving? Where do I got to grow? Where do I have to repent? But I do know that there are people listening who are spending all their energy on them. Those people. 
and you're rallied with your anger and you're rallied with, you know, you're going after the infidels and you're, you're going after the unrighteous and you're going after the schools and you're going after the liberals and you're going after all the things that you think are wrong in the world. But I'd ask you, is your witness loving? Do people truly see the love of Christ? And are you loving your enemies? Do your enemies see the love of Christ? Or have you lost your way? Look at the fruit of your life. Look at your kids. Look at your grandkids. Can they, do they talk to you? Do they know that you love them? Or is there so much anger and hostility that you, you can't even connect anymore? Let the Lord help you. Let the Lord help us. Lord, would you help us grow in love? Help us as Christians to repent and find a better way. Let us have a different witness than the world. Let us be different than the world, radically different. Give us a radical love in the name of Jesus. Hey, thanks for listening. (laughs) If you want to text the show, here's the number, 360-818-4513. You can also leave a message, a voicemail, 360-818-4513-360. 818-4513. If you want a show like this to stay on the radio, you're going to need to support it. Go to fairlyspiritual.org. That's fairlyspiritual.org and donate today. You can also help support this ministry by buying my book, The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor. Now make room for the Lord. He knows you by name. I will see you next time. Proceeding broadcast was sponsored by Fairly Spiritual. When you write or call this program, be sure to mention you heard it on KCIS.